Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Redskins Nation, what is up? What is up? Back at it again. Back at it again. Another episode, Tay and Todd Redskins Podcast. Uh, we uh, are excited today. We have another cool sort of episode. We're continuing our roster breakdown. We're going into the offensive line this time, but Tay and I are, are not uh, experts, you know, at this position. You know, we know football and stuff, but we wanted more of an expert ear. And so if you're on Redskins Twitter, Either you are and you know of this person, or if you don't, you should and you hopefully will now. A guy on uh, Redskins Twitter who is a fan of the team, but then also has played the offensive line, uh, offensive line position at the collegiate level. Uh, he does breakdowns on Twitter. He reviews the film. He's a draft enthusiast, all these things, and a great follow on Twitter. That is Robbie Duncan, uh, a guy who we're able to welcome to join us to help us do this uh, breakdown today. So thank you for joining us, Robbie. It's good to have you. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. So, Robbie, before we go into and dive into the offensive line positioning group, can you just speak briefly about, you know, your experience in playing offensive line at the collegiate level, your, you know, love for it and, and for the draft and whatnot, and then also about, you know, how you became a fan or being a Redskins fan here? Sure. Uh, so I started off playing football in, in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, we you know, had watched football growing up with, you know, my parents are all, my whole family is a big sports family. Um, so I started playing in fifth grade and uh, played all the way through college since then um, all on the offensive line. I played some defensive line in, in high school, but mm-hmm. mostly offensive line. Okay. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I, 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 I feel that I learned a lot playing the position and uh, had some really good coaching uh, throughout my career, especially at uh, college level, um, learned a lot about the ins and outs and the scheme of, you know, blocking schemes, protections, all that stuff, the fundamentals of how to play the position and the nuances that come, goes into it. Uh, I feel pretty confident in uh, what I learned from the game. And it felt, you know, after my playing days were over, it, it would be fun to kind of make a little hobby of, you know, breaking down the Redskins offensive line and um, and kind of just sharing my insight on on that stuff with with those that, you know, followed me and, and, and was into that stuff. So that's where that came came from. And then uh, my Redskins fandom, again, comes from my family. Um, my grandfather was a big Redskins fan that passed it on to my mom. My dad was a big Redskins fan as well. Um, and then we lived in northern Virginia. Well, we moved to Northern Virginia in uh, Loudoun County um, from my high school, my rising freshman year, and then we lived there through my college years. Um, and Redskins Park is was five minutes or 10, 15 minutes from my house. Um, we went to train camp all the time, got mm-hmm. autographs, you know, had an autograph from Joe Gibbs and Mike Shanahan during oh, those wow. times. And, you know, it was, it was, it was exciting. You know, the local pro team was right there near my house and and that kind of made my fandom that much higher um and and going to games and stuff like that it's just it it uh it grew and and then I got too we all got in a little too deep now (laughs) yeah right (laughs) podcasts and breakdowns and yeah you know all hopeful for uh for one day winning the bowl when when I'm conscious and, and, you know, I'm, I'm 30 years old. I, I I wasn't, I was what, maybe a a year old or even if that, when, when the last Redskins won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. The most success I've had was, was 2012 or I've enjoyed was 2012 during Robert's rookie year. He got hurt. So same, same. So I'm hoping we can reclaim some of that magic again and, and, uh, and be, 
have some pride in, in the team again, which would be nice. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine rooting for any other team at this point. And, you know, I bleed burgundy and gold. Same, yeah. same, same. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Sure. And so we're breaking down the O-line. And so I guess we're just going to start off. Let's just start off by talking about this position right now and naming the guys currently on the roster. So at center, we've got uh, the holdovers, Chase Roulier, and then Ross, uh, Ross Pierschbacher, Baker, and then the uh, Keith Ismail, who was drafted later in the draft this year. That's uh, the center position at guard. You've got, obviously, uh, Brandon Sheriff coming back at right guard. And you've got Wes Martin in his second year and Wes Schweitzer, who was a free agent, signed as kind of maybe a depth slash um, starter potential left guard. Then we've got a couple guys, Michael Ledke and Jeremy Vujnovic, who we don't know much about. And then at the tackle position, we've got John Christian and Morgan Moses. And then uh, Timon Paris, Sadiq Charles, the fourth-round pick, Cornelius Lucas, a free agent, and then Paul Adams. And so just initially, just going real quick into it, just to start, and we can start with you, Robbie, and then go to you, Tate. What are your just immediate thoughts based on last year going into this year about this offensive line? Are you feeling good or how are you feeling? About the offensive line in general, I'm, I'm not too concerned about them. Like it, it does suck that we lost Trent Williams. Um, yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, there's, you're not, it's hard to really replace a future hall of fame left tackle, but yeah, it was a bad situation all that, you know, all the way through and, it had to be – it just had to be dealt with and, and over with uh, at that point. So, it is what it is. But um, I'm excited with what we got in Sadiq Charles, especially a talent like his in the fourth round. Um, you know, he slid because of some character concerns. So, that, that's the thing that um, – the real value you get in the fourth round, of a starting left tackle, uh, the caliber to start at left tackle – um, so that's that's the promising thing. Interior-wise, I think we're pretty solid. Um, Eric Flowers did really well last year for the Redskins, and yeah. um, I thought Wes Martin was a guy that sh- could and should be starting as well. So um, the competition between him and Wes Schweitzer is going to be an interesting one to follow, but I think Wes Martin is the better player there. Um, right, The right side is the – they're the guys that have been there the longest now, and um, it's, I think it seems pretty positive that they're going to get Brandon Sheriff brought back on a new deal at, at some point. The, both sides seem to want to get it done, so that's encouraging. Morgan Moses, is, I think, is the one starter that really needs to step it up. Uh, he, he's so inconsistent. Um, he has flashes of elite mm-hmm. tackle play, and then you know he false starts for five yards and holds all the time. <laughs> yeah, yep. it's 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 a he's a frustrating player at time uh, to really. I don't know. You, you want something better out of him than a, from a guy that's been there for so long. Yeah. So that's the guy that really needs to step up, and he's going to face some competition this this uh, training camp when that starts back up. Yeah, I that's agree. The, that's my general view. Yeah, okay. and I I agree. I agree for the most part with that, uh, Robbie. I. I you know, this, this O-line, I'm not as worried as, as before. Going overview, I, I love Sheriff. And uh, one thing things that, that stood out for me, you hear Rivera talking about, these guys aren't going to get extensions. We're going to see how it is for one year. And then if they're, you know, if, if they fit what we're trying to go forward to, then we'll, then we'll resign them. But with Sheriff, it seems that if he wants to resign them right away, like he knows that Sheriff is a key cog to the to the O-line. Uh, look at Chase Rue, I I don't know much. Um, I think the jury's still out. He showed, like you said, he showed, he shows flashes of potential. Um, I think he's a sustainable starter. I think he'll do a great job. And also when looking at the left guard situation, I, I kind of like the guy from, from, from the Falcons. We got Wes uh, Schwitzbach or, or however you pronounce his name, <laughs> but uh, I, I kind of like him. You know, you see the videos and you see the mean streak he has and uh, he's somewhat, you know, at a, at a young age. And then we have uh, Keith Ismail is a guy I like as well, not um, excluding the starters right now. Keith Ismail is a guy that if, if you just see his passion, he's a football player, as, uh, as, as Jay Gruden would say. He's a football player, you know, and um, I, I, I'm not concerned. Obviously, in the NFC East, there's some, some pretty good D-linemen. And like you said with Moses, the inconsistency is, is, is rather uh, 
is rather intriguing in a sense, not that we like it, but we see the one game where he, he's doing really well. The next game he's getting, like you said, ball start. And I don't know how he doesn't get called for ball start uh, many of the times because he kicks back way too early. But uh, overall, I like you said, I, I, yeah, <laughs> overall, I like I like our O-line. I think uh, it does need some improvement. I like Sadiq Charles. I, I was I was banging on the table for that pick, and I'm glad we were able to get him as well. Yeah, I was, to Morgan Moses, I was going to say, it honestly does seem like he false starts on just about every play, <laughs> especially passing downs. It seems like he does, and they, they just literally can't call it every time. Like, it kind of seems yeah. like that's the situation. We got a game to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got it. Yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, I think that, that makes sense. I think Sadiq Charles is the, is the main one who, who, you know, can make this thing look a lot better. Um, and then I think talking about Eric Flowers, we weren't going to pay him that. And I think that makes sense. And you've got Wes Martin and you, you signed a guy like Schweitzer who can provide depth and whatnot. So, yeah, I think if there's one thing to be pointed out, this offensive line is young. And the guys who are projected yeah. to start or be the starters longer term are young. And so it's, it's really about their development as a whole. So we can go ahead with the offensive line now, starting from the right side with the three guys who we know will be the starters. We can say if we think their stock is up or down going into 2020 and then what it is we need to see from them in 2020. Uh, so we can start off with Morgan Moses. I think, I think the first thing I want to see really is just less penalties to start and then, and then just consistency. One thing to his credit, he, he's always playing through injuries. He's always fighting through injuries yeah. to be on the field, which, yeah. which is good, which is, uh, you know, a, a key trait to have. But it's just like you said, the injuries, um, I mean, the penalties and the consistency – and, and I think the penalties are what give away the lack of consistency more than anything. Obviously, the play itself, but less penalties from Morgan Moses is what I want to see. I think his stock, uh, uh, I'm gonna, I guess, can his stock be even? I don't know. I guess <laughs> I'll go changed. with, yeah, <laughs> I guess I'll go with slightly up just because it's, it's, some, it, it's a new system that they'll be running. I'll, be, I'll, go, I'll err on the side of optimism. As, 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 as opposed to pessimism. So I'll go slightly up and need to see less penalties this year for Morgan. I'm with you. That's definitely area of the first step of, of fixing his play is cleaning up his mental uh, lapses and the, and the false starts and the holding calls and the, all the, you know, just random lapse of mental toughness that mm-hmm. he has. The thing that's always bugged me most though, especially last season you, know, you can go back and see some of the times where he was interviewed after the games about the calls and stuff like that. He, he, he would, would go on about it being a witch hunt and yeah. they're always out looking for, for excuses to throw a flag on us. Yeah. Have some, my thing is have some accountability, you know, yeah. go back and watch the tape. You can see that you were clearly holding the guy. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, it can be a little ticky tacky at times, but you, if you clean up your play, you, you'll give them no reason to call the, the penalty in the first place. Yeah. So that's the big thing I want to see him is be more accountable. Yeah. And the other thing he's going to have to face this season compared to maybe the past couple other seasons is he's going to have real competition um, in training camp. They, they signed mm-hmm. Cornelius Lucas. Um, oh, yeah. And they got drawn Christian, who's still trying to battle his way as a starter or even make the team at this point. And then you've got Timon Paris who uh, Ron Rivera recently brought up un, uh, unprovoked mm-hmm. as a guy who could come in and, or come in this season and, and compete for yeah. either tackle spot or even be a swing tackle. So I think, you know, cause Rivera's preached competition all around, yes, regardless yeah. of who you are, you know, Dwayne's yeah. going to get competition from, from Kyle Allen. Everybody's, no job is safe right now. Everybody's mm-hmm. got to earn their spot. So I think Morgan's really going to have to set himself above the rest to uh, secure his spot because he's going to get a fight from Cornelius Lucas, who, from what I watched, has some ability to start. He played some good football near the end of the season for the Bears. So uh, I think that's what we're looking at is a battle for right tackle spot between him and Cornelius Lucas. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, Morgan Moses. I would say stock is down. Uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I firmly believe that Donald Penn played better than him last year. You know, and and Donald Penn he had his mistakes, but uh, just with, with with Moses, I just have a concern. His ankles are always a problem. 
Uh, we've seen some videos just come out where he's, you know, he's doing the ladders. It looks pretty good. So I would err on a stop on stop being down just because of the inconsistency and like you said, Robbie, with the comp, with the competition. Mm-hmm. Lucas is six 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 seven, and his he's, arms yeah, are long. His arms are long, very long, and I I like him, you know. And and like you said, it's competition all across the board. And Moses is going to have to step up. So I I believe we're in a win win situation at that right tackle spot. If not. I know the draft class uh, coming up would be a nice a nice way to um, kind of you know further enhance that position as well. But I'm I'm going to err on his stock being down. And here's the way he needs to look at it too. If he loses that the competition and say Cornelius Lucas outplays him and wins the right tackle spot, he's an expensive backup. They're not going to just yes. keep him around. That's true. He would be good depth at that at that point, but that's an expensive backup. So yeah. if he doesn't win the job, he's most likely going to get cut at mm. the end of training camp and, and he'll get signed, picked up by another team. But it, that's, yeah. that's basically what he's looking at. Win the job or he's going to be not on the team most likely. Yeah, yeah. that's something I hadn't thought about also. Yeah, because his contract is, is, is close to being done. He signed it in 2017. So I think 2021, I believe, is the last year. But that would be an expensive backup and Cornelius Lucas – did play right tackle as well. So, and this, this coaching staff has no loyalty, loyalty to any of these players at this point, you know, for the most part. That's right. So Morgan Moses, I think, yeah, it makes sense that he's in some hot water. And I <laughs> don't think any of us as fans would, you know, really gasp too much if he wasn't starting a right tackle. Um, so then moving on, I guess, to Brandon Sheriff, who, you know, main thing is just getting this guy resigned and then staying healthy. Because we know when he's healthy, I know yep. last year he started off, had a couple penalties that were kind of, you know, we're not expecting to see from him um, that also maybe you could say are kind of ticky tacky, but Sheriff is able to play at that high, I think, you know, healthy, if he's healthy, all pro even level. So you just got to see the health mm-hmm. and we just got to get him resigned, but definitely get him resigned for sure. Yep. Absolutely. There's, there's not much, uh, you're not going to get much debate from me on that one. He's, yeah. he had a, somewhat of a lesser year than he has in the past last season you know he had some penalties he got beat a couple times but that happens I mean when you're locking guys down 98 percent of the time that two percent is all people are going to focus on most of the time so absolutely you know he's a guy that we can't let we can't let leave and people will say oh guards you can't pay a guard that much money but you know the counter to that is look at all these in, in incredibly talented interior pass rushers that yes. are on every team right now. The, the defensive tackles in this league are just, it's, it's a very deep position in the mm-hmm. NFL. Every team has, you know, not an Aaron Donald, but you got Aaron Donald, you got the Redskins defensive line, you got, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's, Fletcher Cox. <laughs> you need guys that can protect the interior yeah. just as much as you need tackles that can block these pass rushers on yeah. the outside. So exactly. When you find a good lineman, you need to keep him. I agree. And, and, you, and you also need to yep, keep, I agree need to with keep you. good players, too. Yeah, I believe his stock is up. Uh, obviously, it has to be up if Ron Rivera wants to keep him. Um, like I said before earlier, that Ron, Ron Rivera said, even with, look at the Dunbar situation or the Trent situation where he says, look, I'm not going to extend you. I want to see if you fit first. Yeah. And the fact that he get extended, you know, exercised, you know, that option and extended and, and looking forward to not the option, but the franchise tag and looking forward to extending him. I believe that he's a key part, a key cog to the offensive line. I believe his stock is up. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, looking at the future in terms of cap room for the Redskins and then not just that, but people always say, don't resign that guy, but you can't let everybody walk. Some of these, some of these players that you invested in, you need to keep investing in. And then protecting the quarterback to me is one of those positions you got Wes Martin, and then now you're going to have him on the left side. So, Sheriff, you know, yeah, I, you got to get him resigned, And then just the health, which you hope won't be an issue going into 2020. He's, you know, he's fully recovered. I mean, he's, it's been a, a long gap of time since those injuries. So you assume he's fully recovered, but hope that he can stay healthy. Um, and then moving on to center, Chase Roulier. Uh, maybe you can speak more in depth, Robbie. Uh, I mean, I think he's, he's been holding on the position, clearly. You know, I don't know that he is – you know, excellent, but he's, he's clearly not bad. And so maybe you can speak more in depth. I mean, cause it seems like he's kind of got a hold on that position still. 
at center. I also, also give us your thoughts on Keith Ishmael as well as far as the yeah. battle, because I yeah. think that's going to be a good one. It will be a good one, but I think Rulier is going to have the, the edge on this. I, I think Rulier kind of flies under the radar as, yeah. a, as, a, as a good center in the NFL. Uh, he, he doesn't have these splashy plays like you see from Jason Kelsey or mm-hmm. stuff like that, but I think he's a very solid center and a mm-hmm. guy that, um, you know, I could see them doing what they've done in the past is like what they, like what they did with Spencer Long, who left and Rulier replaced him. Yeah. Um, He's a guy that could probably afford to let walk and sign somewhere else and, and then transition Keith Ismail in there. Okay. But um, I think for this season, I, I don't see Ismail beating him out. I think uh, at least from watching uh, Ismail on tape from this past season, he, he needs to get a little stronger mm-hmm. on, on tape. There's some uh, play strength that's lacking there. Uh mm-hmm. But I, I do see that he's he's been working out all off season and that since the college season ended, he's been working out with Duke Mannyweather, who's one of the yeah oh wow I mean arguably the top uh, offensive line evaluator and trainer and uh, he does clinics and all this stuff and really? he's he's one of the best and yeah, and yeah. Ismail's been working out with him and getting stronger and training at the position, learning new skills, all this stuff yeah. with with Duke, which is only going to help him. So, uh, you know, you never know. Yeah. I think Ismail can also compete at left guard too for this season if he doesn't beat Rulier at, at center. Um, but regardless, he's going to get a shot to start somewhere um, on that line. Um, they obviously love him and what he brings to the table. He seems like a really good kid and good high character guy. And um, yeah, <laughs> in his inter- uh, press conference not long ago, you know, he sounds like a guy that could – you know, be a motivational speaker. He, he, he yeah. kind of fire you up. So <laughs> I, I really like what he brings to the table. It's just more, I don't know. I want to see the transition from this past season to what he can do now. Uh, I, I think there has been some change since then, but just basing off of last, what I've seen on film from him last year, he needs to get a little bit more stronger uh, on the field than he, than the just weight room strength. Is that something you t- you tend to see from guys not maybe not earlier in the draft, but as you get to the mid to later rounds from offensive linemen where that, that play strength needs to go up as you move up the level of competition. Well, it's, it's more just his style of play. He's not a, I don't think he's one of those types that's just going to maul you. Like he's gotcha. really is more that type. He's the, he's a stout uh, people mover, but he's not like a Brandon Sheriff where he just mauls people, but yeah. really just is strong. He plays strong. Gotcha. Ismail is more mobile. He, he, Okay. You know, he's perfect for the zone and, mm. and uh, getting out on the field, climbing to the linebacker, leading down the field on screens, that kind of stuff, which gotcha. I think plays into what Scott Turner wants to do on offense anyway. Yeah. So you never, I mean, you never know. He could, he may have the edge then because of what Scott Turner wants to do, but yeah. um, I think he's going to be starting at some point for sure. Yeah. And I mean, when you consider that Rulier was a sixth round pick in 2017 and you've gotten, I mean, years of starting out of him, that's value, obviously. And then you said the transition we made from Spencer Long, you can see another transition there. And I think at that point, if you're getting starters in the sixth round at any position and they're playing well, I mean, you're winning at that point. So yeah, Yeah. I think his stock is up. So then now we get to the more interesting one where we can talk, I guess, a bit about this battle. Wes Martin, Schweitzer, uh, I guess going into it, who would you think would have the edge? Uh, we can start with you, Tay. Just who, who do you think would have the edge going into that battle at left guard between the Wesses, Battle of the Wesses? This is a tough one because obviously, uh, like you said, this, this new coaching staff has no strings attached to, this, to the previous regime. So the fact that they brought in Wes and that Rivera and Turner are probably familiar with Wes, uh, Schweitzer, from Atlanta, I think he has the edge at first, and mm-hmm. and uh, if he's a he has a mean streak from what I've seen, and I kind of like him. I, I think that this battle is going to come down to the end. I think it's going to come down to who fits well with who's starting at left tackle, uh, the chemistry there, and obviously with the center as well. But I think Schweitzer may have the the upper hand in this battle I, only because the new regime, the new staff is not tied down to the previous regime. And West Martin's going to have to work. West Martin's going to have to grind because they did pick up Schweitzer. 
and they gave him a pretty was a three year deal or two year deal. So I think West Schweitzer has the um, the upper hand in this in this battle. Yeah, it was a two year deal, and from what I understand, I think it's there's really no strings attached, but it is a two year deal. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Robbie, and what, what you think this left guard position is looking like? Yeah, I, I will agree that the money will tell you that. Uh, Schweitzer has the upper hand in the competition. I mean, $5 million a year will tell you that's starting money. But uh, I think the, what will always play, uh, who will always win in this regard is the better player. Mm. Uh, and if Schweitzer shows up and proves him, he, himself to be the better player than Wes Martin, then he'll win it. He's strong um, and, and he's smart. He's uh, – yeah. Sorry, my dog just joined me. You're fine. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think I think the Martin's younger. Uh, Schweitzer does have the edge because he's obviously getting paid the starting money. And he's been in the league for a couple of years now. He's got the experience. But I think Martin right now is still the better player, and that will prove itself in training camp. And that's my prediction there. Um, and then, you, like I said, Keith Ismail may be getting a shot at left, left guard too. So, that's also going to be pretty interesting to see how that, uh, how he plays into the mix there as well. Yeah. If I had to guess right now though, Schweitzer will be the left guard starting left guard, you know, first practice. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then by the end of training camp, I think it'll probably be West Martin if I had to get, make a prediction, but um, it's a good battle. It's, and it's good depth that we got going on there, regardless of who wins that spot. Yeah. Okay, and um, and then I guess could you speak a bit about what we saw from West last year when he was kind of thrust into that position yeah. once Sheriff got hurt? Because um, last year he played right more so as opposed to left, right? Um, he did. And then I mean, you can maybe talk about if there's what the difference is in between playing those, you know, as opposed, you know, in terms of <clears throat> sides. But what we saw from him as a player when he was forced to play as a rookie. Yeah, I think he came in and proved that he was versatile. Um, you know, he played both spots and he did well. Um, he, and that proves how smart he is as a football player. And um, it also, I mean, the, the, how difficult it is to switch between sides is it's basically, you know, if you've been playing right guard your whole, this whole season, then you're flipped to left guard. Everything you've been doing is mirrored, you know, just flip it and, and your muscle memory is totally out of whack. Yeah. Mm. That, that's the thing you got to really think about when you make these changes. Um, and I think West Martin proved that he's able to make those changes, you know, when necessary at the, you know, at, at a snap. So I, I think that gives him an edge and will help him um, in this uh, training camp because he can, you know, if I don't win left guard, maybe I can compete at center. You know, he's got this ability to, to uh, prove that he's valuable to the team, whether he wins the starting spot or not. Okay. Yeah. And I think that, I think having either start and then having the depth of the other person there is, is also key. And like we said, Rivera has been preaching competition. He's been preaching depth and pretty much all their free agent signings were depth. And know? not to, and make it maybe a little more interesting too, is not that I think this will happen, but say Sadiq Charles comes in, and doesn't look as good at left tackle like we thought he would, kind of like mm -hmm. Brandon Sheriff did. Yeah. Then you got maybe Sadiq Charles in the mix at left guard, and you mm -hmm. got, you know, Jerron Christian or Cornelius Lucas or Timon Paris at left tackle and Sadiq Charles at left guard. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see how it all shakes out. I don't it think will. that will happen, but yeah. that's certainly a possibility. Yeah. So, so how do you so, – so when it comes to offense alignment, like my, my thing is how do you – how do you discern the best group? Is it in practice? I mean, obviously, because you, you got pads on, but you can only tell so much, you know, because you can't tackle. You shouldn't be tackling. I mean, shouldn't be tackling. You don't want to get players to get hurt. But how do you find the right combination? Like, when you were at ODU playing, how did your coach find the right combination? Is it just chemistry? Is it, like, what goes into – what factors into that? That, that – Chemistry definitely plays a part, and once you know you have your starting five solidified, then you can even build more chemistry. Mm. But um, it's just I think you look at the when it comes down to it is how hard does the guy play? Does he give you a ton of effort, which is mm -hmm. most important because you can have all the talent you want, but if you don't put the effort in, you know you, it's wasted. So uh, how much effort does he play with? How's his technique? Uh, you know because fundamentally. 
all across the board, offensive line is very similar. You know, there's different angles and stuff when you're coming from tackle to guard, um, but and even, you know, going to center as well. But the, there's the same – just teaching the same basic things across the board on the offensive line. How's their technique? Do they play with a good base? You know, how are they – are they be, are they getting beat inside instead of let it, making them go around? Stuff – just the little small fundamental uh, – things you look for in a, in a lineman and, and you kind of judge it based off that. If you got, if a guy, um, basically you want the best five out there and you kind of make it work. You know, if the guy is better at tackle, um, then you have to ship, mix it around and then look for that perfect combination. But typically, well, at ODU, we were, it didn't matter if we were what tick uh, position we were best at. Mm-hmm it was more or more comfortable at it was where you were best. Okay. So like I would, I would be playing, you know, left tackle or right tackle. And then, but if they had a guy that wasn't as good at guard at right guard, but could be serviceable at right tackle, then, you know, I would play right guard and the other guy would play tackle and vice versa on the other side. It it was more about maximizing your talent and, and, uh, and making it work. And and it's not going to be as easy with that, with the NFL, because you got guys that are signed to play this position, you know, that there's, there's ego involved more, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a six, seven guy, six, eight guy, I ain't playing guard kind of thing. (laughs) It's, you know, there's a little bit more to it, but, but I'll say at ODU, we had a, my, my roommate and uh, best friend on the team was, uh, it was a six, eight, 330 pound dude playing left guard, Mm. played it at a very high level. So, you know the guy, the people that tell you that tall guys can't play inside are are, are wrong because it, it can be done with mm-hmm. you know <laughs> get the technique down and 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 work on it you're going to be just fine because you know it, it's all about leverage in, in the end yeah so okay thank you yeah that's that's some uh some very meaningful <laughs> long, information long-winded answer but oh, no, no but it's no, good no, it's, good, it's good information because i mean, I mean you don't really necessarily get that. All we see is the offensive lineman, but I often wonder, like, how do you find the right, the right yeah. people? You know, you know, we hear the potential, but how do you find, like, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and communication and, and chemistry along the offensive line is, is probably more than any other group yes. together. That, kind of like they work together more than any other group on the field, probably, right? Maybe the DBs or yeah. so. But. And, and you, have, you, you have to know what everybody on the line is doing yeah um it's not necessarily all right this is what i'm doing and that's that you have to know you know because there's a lot more involved than just i gotta block that guy because yeah you know defenses bring stunts and blitzes and yeah your assignment changes on the fly so yeah that's why you have to communicate and, and really uh know what everybody else is doing too gotcha okay thank you for that thank you we were breaking down the left guard sure. position but getting some expert <laughs> expertise, advice, and knowledge, dropping bombs, Robbie Duncan. So, um, so we can move on to the last and most intriguing position. Uh, one thing that I guess I hadn't thought about, I mean, we know it, but I hadn't thought about it. Uh, Pete Haley on uh, NBC Sports Washington had done an article talking about how really since the year 2000, the Redskins have had a solidified player at left tackle, Chris Samuels, and then you went from Chris Samuels to Trent Williams. And so, you know, injuries or suspensions, those were your guys. And so you're kind of walking into the unknown for the first time in almost 20 years. Now, I think, again, Sadiq Charles being drafted makes this position look a lot different than if you were just walking into it with everyone else who's there. So I think, can we start with Jerron Christian? Because he's the guy who should have already locked up this position, ideally, as a third-round pick. Then can we talk about Cornelius Lucas, how he performed with the Bears last year, and then, and then maybe briefly Timon Paris, another guy, and then finish off talking about Sadiq Charles and what, what we want to see from him and if we think he has a shot. So can we start off with Jerron Christian, a guy who to this point has not impressed uh, from what we understand, Robbie? Yeah, Jerron Christian is, um, in my book, I'm, I've kind of written him off at this oh, point. Oh, man. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> I don't have a lot of hope for him at this anymore. As a starter or as a player overall? As a player overall. You know, wow, he okay. could, he's a guy that just doesn't seem to get it okay. mentally. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, there's just fundamental things that he still continues to get wrong. 
Um, I've pointed it out in my breakdowns. He, yeah. he's, he flashed a little bit more last season when he did come in. I think he looks better at right tackle than he does at left tackle. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's more natural at right because uh, when he was at left tackle, he had a big, a big habit of uh, false stepping, gotcha. which is a big no-no at tackle. Where, I've seen you talk about <clears> that. Yeah. So for those that may have missed that, false stepping is, uh, you know, when you're lined up at left tackle, your your kick foot is your is your left foot because that's the foot that's back. You know, you mm-hmm. step that's the staggered foot, and you kick with that foot to get depth and uh, cut off the the uh, DN from his um, from his angle to get to the quarterback. Um, when you false step, that left foot instead of going backwards goes forwards, and mm. you lose you lose. Uh, you fall behind immediately. Yeah. Um, you fall behind the pass rusher immediately. And if you're facing a guy like, you know, Montez Sweat, who's, you know, running a four four forty, or, you know, Von Miller, guys with burst and speed. You're, you're done. That's a sack. <laughs> that's a sack. Or, immediately. Or at the very least, hit on the quarterback. Um, yeah. And he was showing that a lot at left tackle. I didn't see it as much at right tackle. And, and that shows me that he's, just more natural at right tackle. Gotcha. So maybe there's a chance for him um, to compete at right tackle, but he's not a, he's not a swing tackle. He's not a guy okay. that I think if he, you know, is on the, is he in the back end of the depth chart, a guy that can just come in and play either tackle spot. I, I don't feel comfortable with him at left tackle. Mm. Um, yeah. He's just that guy. Everybody's been hoping that he'd take that Morgan Moses leap. Like, yeah. but it's just, it hasn't worked out. Just like Ari Quantra didn't work out, another yeah. guy that thought that we thought was going to take that uh, Moses sleep. Yeah, you know it, it's and that's just the way it is. Sometimes guys just don't work out. If if every, you know, if not everybody takes coaching the same way or develops the same way. It's just you know there's always a ton of variables in that stuff. Um, so you know I, I wish and hope hard that he does make this step because I don't like being right in this regard, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. But, you know, when, wrong you, here. <laughs> when you, when you give me, you know, only thing we can judge on is what you show put on film, you know, the eye in the sky doesn't lie and it's not been good to him. Uh, the yeah. film has not been good to him for the most part. So um, I'm not counting on him to be a real contributor in this, in the competition at either tackle spot, hmm. but I'll skip Cornelius Lucas real quick to talk about Timon Paris, who I do think, is a guy that is going to be a big surprise and mm. and be um, given a chance to really start. Um, oh wow! <clears throat> so I'll, I'll give you this. You may not remember, but when Ty and Secchi first came to the Redskins, he was a, a guy that everybody was writing off. Yeah. Of uh, making the team, you know, there was I think it was Willie. Willie Smith and a couple other tackle oh guys that, <laughs> <laughs> that everybody thought would make the team over that, over him. But in Seki, when I was there at camp and was watching stuff, watching the drills, watching the one-on-ones, in Seki was always the guy that was standing out and, and showing up. And last training camp when I was there, Timon Paris was that same type of guy. He was always showing up and competing and doing, looking really good in one-on-ones, looking good in drills, stuff like that. And he – I, you know, when, when you see that stuff, that's the, the fundamentals and the, in the, uh, the skills you look for that, that show up in, in practice and on film. Yeah. Uh, and it, and it did show up on film in the preseason games. I did a, a pretty big breakdown on Timon Paris from last uh, preseason. And I think he shows a ton of promise. Um, mm, he's a okay. small school guy who doesn't, didn't really get much of a, you know, a draft look. Um, yeah. He was undrafted. <clears throat> and he's got that – I think he's got that small school chip on his shoulder, and he, mm. he wants to uh, make a uh, you know put, make a push for that starting spot. And I think he's going to – and it seems that Rivera is going to give him that chance because I was kind of surprised to hear Rivera bring his name up like that out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, uh, you know, don't really think about Timon Paris as a, as a guy yeah. as an option. Yeah. So, I think that is something that we're, we really need to kind of like keep an eye on because Rivera seems to want to give him that shot to, to make a, uh, a contrib- contribution to that, comp- uh, put his stamp on that competition, I should say. And uh, I, I have a lot of hopes for him. You know, I, I'm going to keep a big eye on him during training camp and preseason and all when that starts up. 
Um, but Cornelius Lucas is a guy that we signed that I do like from what I saw of him. Um, he played really well at right tackle for the Bears down the stretch when it gets some, some good pass rushers, and he, and he looked good. Yeah. Um, I think he's, you know, he's big like Ty Nsecki was too. So mm-hmm. that's always exciting when you have yeah. a tackle that big when, you know, with that long, those long arms that, that to, you know, those are, long arms are a bonus because when you got the fundamentals and, and the hand usage down, having long arms is the, is the nice cherry on top to all that. Yeah. So <clears throat> I do think Cornelius Lucas is a guy that's going to compete to start at either spot at left tackle or at right tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he may win it, you know, you never know. <clears throat> but uh, I do think Sadiq Charles is going to show up and make a lot of people uh, look wrong that were, that ha- have judged him pretty harshly as a, um, as a starting uh, potential starting left tackle in the draft, you know, cause there were some people on how f- much you followed it closely, but they were like, mm. Charles slide inside. He's got short arms. He's, inconsistent blah 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 but you know i i saw a ton of talent and a ton of uh, things positive things to work with yeah the guy to be excited about for as a young i mean he's only 20 years old that's yeah. crazy <laughs> started yeah. he started three years in the sec for lsu yeah yeah and he's a 20 year old yeah that's crazy <clears throat> he's got tons of room to grow and i think that's a guy that's going to be starting for a long time here whether it's at left tackle, you know, if we draft, say, you know, say we draft another tackle next year high with our first round pick and Charles slides over to right tackle. That's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fine. You know, that's cool. You know, he's a guy that's going to start regardless. And I think he's very talented and he's going to bring a, you know, that SEC tough attitude to, and you know, the, the swag that, that they, they play with. Yeah. It's always nice to have guys who played at the highest level in college <laughs> as well. And, and just to jump back briefly, and then you can go ahead, Tate, um, about Jerron Christian. One thing I was going to ask while you were saying, you know, you, you'd lost hope kind of was, well, maybe he can project as a, uh, as a swing tackle because when you're looking for a backup tackle, you're really looking for a swing tackle, right? You don't want a guy who can just play one or the other. Yeah. He doesn't project as even that. That's right. It does seem like he'll have a, a tough <laughs> shot, you know, making it if he can't start at one or back up at both, basically. So yeah, um, so yeah, then I, he was used in that role. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't meant to be. It, it wasn't very good. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Um, so then I guess Tay, you can go ahead and do your do your thoughts on those guys um, at left tackle, Lucas, Paris, and um, and uh, Charles. Yeah, I like that breakdown, Robbie. I appreciate that. That was that was some good stuff. Uh, Thank you. Like I said, uh, Jerron Christian, uh, my. Like you said, I don't really see him making the team this year. I would say his stock is now. Um, and I look at Sadiq Charles. Uh, me and Pascal, we watched we watched the draft. Me and Todd watched the draft together, and uh, we saw we we're like at, at this. We watched it together on Zoom, and we we're like, if we can get Sadiq Charles, we hear all these people raving about him. You know, people top scouts raving about him. Like he only gave up one sack this year in the SEC, and yes, he has some problems. You know, but we we were banging the table like we have to get him, we need to get him. And then the fact that Trent Williams was traded, it's like it's like they were waiting to see that they wanted they wanted Sadiq Charles the whole time. And that's what intrigues me about this pick and, and, and his his ability to play left tackle and his maybe ability to start is that the fact that it seems like Rivera and uh, the people up top were able to do some homework on them and yeah, and from what I hear they're calling the coach at LSU multiple times and just trying to you know, figure out stuff about them before they pull the trigger on Trent. I like City Charles. They say his arms are short. But like you said, Robbie, with that SEC pedigree, he's only 20 years old. Like, And then you have the um, the, the offensive line coach uh, from, from Carolina who's turned in plenty of pro bowlers and, and, some, and a couple of all pros. I, I like the development aspect. But not only that, I think he can start right away. Also, I want to ask – I want to add to this. Robbie, when it comes to development, especially at that left tackle position, obviously it will help. But him going up up, up against Montez Sweat, Ryan Kerrigan, John, uh, uh, the big the big pick, the, the number, the, you know, <laughs> yeah. can you can you just imagine the growth? Like he's going against top talent, like yeah. day in and day out. How does that affect him? You, do you think that will 
Obviously, he may get down sometimes because those are those are good guys. Mm-hmm. But do you think that can enhance his play? Absolutely. Iron sharp, sharpens iron. He, he's. Yeah. I, I could see the two of them working together after practice. Hey, hey, Chase, let's let's do some one on ones real quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get some extra reps in. Here's you know here's what I like to do. Here's what you know I'm looking for. Stuff like that. It's it's a collaborative effort. And yeah. And it's going to be. I mean, that's that's exactly right. They're going to be going against each other every day in practice. And Good, I mean, athletically speaking, you're not going to get much more than what you have in Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. That, that light bulb goes off for Montez Sweat. I mean, he showed some good things last season. I think he's going to – when that when that light bulb goes off, when he realizes, man, I, I'm so much more athletic than all these guys that I'm facing, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. I can really do some damage. It, it's They're young, and they're going to just keep getting better going against each other in practice, and, and that is very exciting. Yeah, and when you talk about something like a measurable, like short arms, you know, it's important to trust what you watch on the field before you – Mm. trust the measurables obviously because those things can speak to it but usually when you see that uh, measurable you'll see it on film if you don't see Mm. that as an effect negatively on film then let's just trust what we see uh, on film so yeah I mean let's let's talk about those measurables real quick too because the interesting thing about short arms long arms whatever is you plenty of the top tackles in this NFL or in the league are have shorter shorter arms quote unquote David Bakhtiari, by standards, has a shorter arm length than, than normal. Jason Peters um, is another one that has shorter arms, and there's others, plenty yeah. of others. Um, and uh, speaking of Jason Peters, if you, look, if you look at their testing and their measurables and everything, uh, Sadiq Charles measures up pretty closely to what Jason <laughs> Peters is, athletically and wow. intangibles-wise as well. Wow. So – I'm not saying he's Jason Peters right now, but I I certainly believe that that's his ceiling. He could be a very good tackle in this league for a long time. Um, You know, after he gets some more seasoning and and works with against Chase Young and, you know, Kerrigan and all these top defensive linemen that we got on our team every day, he's only going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's not just going to get the the athletic aspect with Young and, and, and Sweat. You know, Kerrigan is a technician, fundamental. So he's yeah. gonna get he's gonna get the best of both worlds. Yeah. He's savvy. power yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a huge bonus. That's one thing you you know as we you know we're as we're speaking as though training camp will happen, which we hope, and you know it's seeming like it, it can and will. Um, it'll be very interesting to see that and to to really see how the reps are split. You know, because mm-hmm. you know in training camp you really can't have a four way competition at a starting position, right? I mean that's kind of mm-hmm. tough to do, right? So it'll be interesting to see. And talking to you, Robbie, about about this now has kind of made me question if Lucas does, in the coach's eyes, project more at left tackle or at right tackle, and where he'll be competing more. What do you think? I've, he's played both sides, but I've only seen right tackle, and to me, he looks like a natural right tackle to me. Okay. Um, I, I believe he could play left tackle. I need to dive deeper and look at his left tackle tape, but... I liked what I saw of him as a right tackle. Yeah. Um, I think he showed plenty of uh, positive things to work with and, and to uh, be encouraged about. So um, I, I, my initial thought is that he's going to compete with Morgan Moses at right tackle, but I'm sure he's also going to be in the mix for left tackle as well. Gotcha. Okay. One more thing. How long is that leash, say, for Moses? going up against Sweat, going up against Young, and he's just getting blown by. How, how long do you, you know? I mean, you got to think about, you know. Yeah. I, I'll say I do think Chase Young's going to eat Morgan Moses' lunch. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a, a, a rough training camp for Moses because Chase Young's style of play does not fit what Morgan Moses is good at as a pass protector. He's poor with his hands. Chase Young is – you know, excellent with his hands and yeah. turning that, running that hoop, so to speak. So, I mean, maybe that'll make Moses better, but still, um, he's going to have a short leash because, you know, the penalties obviously is a huge thing. And Rivera's not going to put up with that stuff. No. He's not going to put up with, you know, the constant uh, lapses of, 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 uh, of focus and, and um, 
lack and the lack of mental toughness. You know, he's got that military background. He's about char- strong character, mm. mental, mental toughness, uh, being a, a leader, being accountable. He's not going to put up with that stuff. So he's got, he's really got an uphill climb, I think. Um, some people will disagree. You know, there's Morgan Moses has his, his uh, supporters out there, uh, and I, you know, I, I don't hate the guy, and I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's average, um, yeah. but I think he's definitely a guy that needs put on notice. You know, he's, I think he's kind of skated by without any kind of person for him to look behind his, yeah, know, keep look checking behind his back kind of thing. And now I think he's got that to light a fire under his butt. So um, maybe that also works to his favor is, you know, lighting that fire under his butt and making him work a little extra harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and and looking, just looking at the numbers, because you talk about how it'd be tough to keep him as a backup. I think if you, if you cut him this year, there's about a 3.8 million. His cap hit right now is 8.6. I think if you cut him this year, there's about 3.8 in dead cap. So about five or so, I believe, in terms of savings. And so, I mean, the potential is there. Yeah. Yeah. The money. Yeah. You can, it's, it's really hard to make the – or to advocate for keeping an expensive backup like that. It's, yeah. It's just one of those business decisions where, you know, you know it's, I'm sorry it worked out this way, but we're going to let you go and let you find another opportunity kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. You almost wonder if some, if some other team would give up a late six or seven or something maybe for him. But usually around training camp, it's tends it's to possible. be those cap casualties. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I guess maybe we can just go around and, and briefly say what we think, what we think the best starting five would be week one and then what we think the starting five will be week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and That's then – I guess I can start off. I'll go with, well, okay. So the best, okay. So, I, you know, I, I'm going to just, I'm going to try to just do, do be a little different. So I'm going to go with Cornelius Lucas at right tackle. Uh, I'm going to go obviously Sheriff at guard and Roulier at center left guard. I'm going to go with Wes Martin and then left tackle. I'm going to go with Charles. I know he's the rookie and it's a weird off season, but I'm going to go with Charles because, I mean, he's, he's got the talent to second round, you know, second, maybe late first, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't the talent that was the issue. So I'm going to go with a, a Lucas, Sheriff, Rulier, Martin, Charles combination. I think it will be Moses, Sheriff, Rulier, Schweitzer, um, uh, Lucas. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it will be to start. And I don't think that's what it will be to end the season. Um, and then you, I guess, uh, Robbie, you can go ahead second. All right. Um, if we're talking the best five, like yeah. regardless of where they should be playing or what they were brought into play, I would say the best five would be Cornelius Lucas, right tackle, Brandon mm-hmm. Sheriff at right guard, Rulier at center, um, Wes Martin at left guard, or best five. I best five. Say. Best five, left guard, Sadiq Charles. Mm. Oh, okay, okay, change that. Mm. <laughs> and then left tackle, in my perfect world, Timon Paris is – I like that. And played and showed that he's the starter. This is my in-a-dream-perfect-world type <laughs> scenario, best five. You got Timon Paris, left tackle, Charles at left guard, with uh, <clears throat> Wes Schweitzer and Keith Dismail backing up the interior. And then – uh, Cornelius Lucas at right tackle, but so that's, that's, three, that's yeah. not that's not what's going to happen. I think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it'll be Sadiq Charles left tackle, West Martin mm-hmm. left guard, Rulier okay. center, Sheriff and Moses or okay. uh, Lu- Lucas. I'll say Lucas. You mm-hmm. think Lucas will start at right tackle? I think he'll beat him out. Yep. Okay. I'll say All that. Right. Okay. So you've got new. You've got Charles and Lucas at tackle spot. Okay. Got you. Two um, new tackles. Yeah. And that's fine <laughs> with me. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Tay. I, I can't argue with that. I, I just, I'm just going to go ahead and agree with both of you. I, I like both. <laughs> Honestly, I like both. And you can't really get too much more, you know, combinations. But, man, those are, like you said, I like the, the, the one Robbie said the last one. I want Timon Paris, Timon Paris to start left tackle because um, that would show that he improved. And I wouldn't mind seeing him there and, and seeing Charles bounce to that left guard spot. Um, that's just something I would like. But, like you said, what will happen – Lucas at right tackle, Sheriff, Ruye, uh, left guard. I see. I'm gonna go Schweitzer, and yeah. then left tackle. I'm gonna go Sadiq. 
Yeah. Right. Okay. And I mean, I, I think, I think the biggest win would be Sadiq at left tackle because if he starts there, not only does it tell you he could have, but now the coaches have seen enough to say that he can. So mm-hmm. that'll be exciting to see if he does. And, and you know, and you know, and, and what I like about that is. With this coaching staff, there's no fluff. So if he's yeah. starting, it's, he's starting because he's earned it, you know. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And to be able to go, you know, seamlessly, if you can go from Chris Samuels to Trent Williams to your new 10, 15-year left tackle, I mean, that's incredible. And, and, I, and I think that yeah. they're, they're going to place an emphasis on protecting the young quarterback. Uh, Ron Rivera has said it starts in the trenches. You know, he's an old-school guy in that, in that regard. Defensive line is already there. So if you can get that offensive line and defensive line shored up, you know, now you're talking. Yep. So the, the, the potential is definitely bright. So we have to see it now all actually taking place and coming together on the field. But it's good to have the potential there and, mm-hmm. the, and the coaching staff that we believe can bring it out of them. Um, and so, I mean, I guess that's, that's, that pretty much covers the offensive line. We've, we've learned a lot. Robbie has uh, broken it down for us. You can't I have, I have one last question. Go, go ahead. Say if Skins, you know, I don't, I don't see us being bad. Say if we go three, four, and twelve. I don't, I don't see us literally. I don't see us going this bad. Four and twelve, five and five and eleven, maybe. What about this tackle from Oregon? <laughs> if he's there on the clock when we're picking, wherever <laughs> that pick is, you take him. Take him. <laughs> Seriously, he is that good. Wow. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. You can never have too many good players. That's right. right on the O-line, man. No, that dude is a beast. Not. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Yeah. Okay, Let's see Charles play right tackle or, or slide him inside the guard, whatever. But yeah. that's – just like Quentin Nelson, this guy's a, a lineman prospect that you can't miss on. Can't miss. Really? Got you. Yeah, kind of – I mean, I know um, – I think J.P. Finley and then we're talking about how back in 20 – was it 16 when we drafted Donovan? <clears throat> yeah. And how they wanted Ryan Kelly bad. And he just yeah. got taken before him. But, yeah, they've, there's one thing I'll give. Well, the last – really since 2015, it started with McLuhan. But, I mean, you look at the first round, it's all been O-line and D-line pretty much. You know, yeah. the emphasis and is – That's, that's a good philosophy. That's a Absolutely. good philosophy. I agree. I mean, hate to say it, but the Cowboys built something in their offensive line, and it's, it's, it's paid yeah, off. Yeah, they did. They haven't oh, won yeah. the Super Bowls, but it's paid off. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're in the mix because of it, though. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. De- consistently, definitely they are. So the potential is definitely there. Looking to see stuff from uh, Sadiq Charles. And, I mean, yeah, I think, that, I, think, I think we covered it all, though. I think that was a, a good breakdown overall of the group that, you know, mm-hmm. some people aren't the most excited to hear about, but it's kind of ironically maybe the most important position, uh, position group on mm-hmm. the field. Someone was making a point of, you know, when you look at teams in the Super Bowl, they don't always have that number one receiver in the league, that DeAndre, that Odell, that Julio, but they've got the fundamentals. They've got the O-line. They've got the defense. And so I think Mm -hmm. that pretty much covers it. Thank you, Robbie, again, for joining us. Your uh, expertise has just been – it's been great to hear, uh, you know, from a technical uh, perspective, not from just assumptions or opinion, technically speaking. So thank yeah. you for that. It was a fun conversation. Thanks for having me. Yeah, never get tired of talking football. And and yeah, seriously, we have to kind of just talk about it now because they're not giving us much to talk about. So That's we right. have to find stuff to talk about for the next couple <laughs> months. <laughs> so thank you for joining us, uh, Robbie. And um, we'll be continuing going forward. I think we'll be moving on to the defense once we, we hit wide receivers and then tight ends and then moving on to the defense. And then you're welcome back on the pod anytime. Sure. So, uh, sure. Thanks, Robbie. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, man. Robbie. No problem, guys. This is uh, Todd. And this is Tate. And we will catch up with you later. Hail to the Redskins. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.